Section 43 of Ulysses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ulysses by James Joyce. Episode 15. Circe. Part 5. The door opens. Bella Cohen, a massive whore mistress, enters. She is dressed in a three-quarter ivory gown fringed round the hem with tasselled selvage and cools herself flirting a black horn fan like minnie hawk in carmen on her left hand are wedding and keeper rings her eyes are deeply carboned she has a sprouting moustache her olive face is heavy slightly sweated and full-nosed with orange-tainted nostrils she has large pendant beryl eardrops Bella. My word, I'm all of a muck sweat. She glances round her at the couples. Then her eyes rest on Bloom with hard insistence. Her large fan winnows wind towards her heated face neck and embonpoint. Her falcon eyes glitter. The fan, flirting quickly, then slowly. Married, I see. Bloom. Yes, partly. I have mislaid the fan half opening then closing and the missus is master petticoat government bloom looks down with a sheepish grin that is so the fan folding together rests against her left eardrop have you forgotten me yes yo the fan folded akimbo against her waist is me her was you dreamed before was then she him you us since knew am all them and the same now we bella approaches gently tapping with the fan bloom wincing po powerful being in my eyes read that slumber which women love the fan tapping we have met you are mine it is fate exuberant female cowed enormously i desiderate your domination i am exhausted abandoned no more young i stand so to speak with an unposted letter bearing the extra regulation fee before the too late box of the general post office of human life the door and window open at a right angle cause a draft of thirty-two feet per second according to the law of falling bodies i have felt this instant a twinge of sciatica in my left gluteal muscle it runs in our family poor dear papa a widower was a regular barometer from it he believed in animal heat a skin of tabby lined his winter waistcoat near the end remembering king david and the sunamite he shared his bed with athos faithful after death a dog's spittle as you probably he winces ah richie golding bag weighted passes the door marking as catch best value in dub fed for princes Lever and kidney. The fan, tapping. 
all things end be mine now bloom undecided all now i should not have parted with my talisman rain exposure at dewfall on the sea rocks a peccadillo at my time of life every phenomenon has a natural cause the fan points downwards slowly you may bloom looks downwards and perceives her unfastened bootlace we are observed the fan points downwards quickly you must bloom with desire with reluctance i can make a true black knot learned when i served my time and worked the mail order line for kellett's experienced hand every knot says a lot let me in courtesy i knelt once before to-day ah bella raises her gown slightly and steadying her pose lifts to the edge of a chair a plump buskined hoof and a full pastern silk socked bloom stiff-legged aging bends over her hoof and with gentle fingers draws out and in her laces murmurs lovingly to be a shoe-fitter in manfields was my love's young dream the darling joys of sweet button-hooking to lace up criss-crossed to knee-length the dressy kid footwear satin-lined so incredibly impossibly small of clyde road ladies even their wax model raymond i visited daily to admire her cobweb hose and stick of rhubarb toe as worn in paris the hoof smell my hot goat hide feel my royal wets bloom cross lacing too tight the hoof if you bungle handy andy i'll kick your football in not to lace the wrong eyelet as i did the night of the bazaar dance bad luck hooked in wrong tash of her uh, person you mentioned that night she met now he knots the lace bella places her foot on the floor bloom raises his head her heavy face her eyes strike him in mid-brow his eyes grow dull darker and pouched his nose thickens bloom mumbles awaiting your further orders we remain gentlemen bellow with a hard basilisk stare in a baritone voice hound of dishonour bloom infatuated empress bellow his heavy cheek chops sagging adorer of the adulterous rump bloom plaintively hugeness dung devourer bloom with sinews semi-flexed magma magnificence bellow down he taps her on the shoulder with his fan incline feet forward slide left foot one pace back you will fall you are falling on the hands down bloom her eyes upturned in the sign of admiration closing yaps truffles with a piercing epileptic cry she sinks on all fours grunting snuffling rooting at his feet then lies shamming dead with eyes shut tight trembling eyelids bowed upon the ground in the attitude of most excellent master bellow with bobbed hair purple gills 
fit moustache rings round his shaven mouth in mountaineer's putties green silver-buttoned coat sports skirt and alpine hat with more cock's feather his hands stuck deep in his breeches pockets places his heel on her neck and grinds it in footstool feel my entire weight bow bond slave before the throne of your despot's glorious heels so glistening in their proud erectness bloom enthralled bleats i promise never to disobey bellow laughs loudly holy smoke you little know what's in store for you i'm the tartar to settle your little lot and break you in i'll bet kentucky cocktails all around i shame it out of you old son cheek me i dare you if you do tremble in anticipation of heel discipline to be inflicted in gym costume bloom creeps under the sofa and peeps out through the fringe zoe widening her slip to screen her she's not here bloom closing her eyes she's not here florrie hiding her with her gown she didn't mean it mr bellow she'll be good sir kitty don't be too hard on her mr bellow sure you won't ma'am sir bellow coaxingly come ducky dear i want a word with you darling just to administer correction just a little heart-to-heart -heart talk sweetie bloom puts out her timid head there's a good girlie now bellow grabs her hair violently and drags her forward i only want to correct you for your own good on a soft safe spot how's that tender behind oh ever so gently pet begin to get ready bloom fainting don't tear my bellow savagely the nose-ring the pliers the bastinado the hanging hook the knout i'll make out of you kiss while the flutes play like the nubian slave of old you're in for it this time i'll make you remember me for the balance of your natural life his forehead veins swollen his face congested i shall sit on your ottoman saddleback every morning after my thumping good breakfast of masterson's fat ham rashers and a bottle of guinness's porter <clears throat> and suck the thumping good stock exchange cigar while i read the licensed victualler's gazette very possibly i shall have you slaughtered and skewered in my stables and enjoy a slice of you with crisp crackling from the baking tin basted and baked like suckling pig with rice and lemon or currant sauce it will hurt you he twists her arm bloom squeals turning turtle D don't be cruel nurse don't bellow twisting another oh it's hell itself every nerve in my body aches like mad good-bye the rumping jumping general that's the best bit of news i've heard these six weeks here don't keep me waiting damn you he slaps her face you're after hitting me i'll tell hold him down girls till i squat on him zoe yes walk on him i will florrie i will don't be greedy kitty no me lend him to me the brothel cook, Mrs. Keogh, wrinkled, grey-bearded, in a greasy bib, men's grey and green socks and brogues, flour-smeared, 
a rolling-pin stuck with raw pastry in her bare red arm and hand, appears at the door. Mrs. Keogh, ferociously. Can I help? They hold and pinion Bloom. Bellow squats with a grunt on Bloom's upturned face, puffing cigar smoke, nursing a fat leg. Oh, I see Keating Clay is elected vice chairman of the Richmond Asylum. And by the by, Guinness's preference shares are at 16 three quarters. Curse me for a fool that didn't buy that lot Craig and Gardner told me about. Just my infernal luck, curse it. And that goddamn outsider throw away at 20 to 1. He quenches his cigar angrily on Bloom's ear. Where's that goddamn cursed ashtray? Bloom, goaded, buttock smothered. Oh, oh, monsters! Cruel one! Ask for that every ten minutes. Beg. Pray for it as you never prayed before. He thrusts out a figged fist and foul cigar. Here, kiss that. Both. Kiss. He throws a leg astride, and, pressing with horseman's knees, calls in a hard voice. Gee up, a cock-horse to Banbury Cross. I'll ride him for the Eclipse Stakes. He bends sideways and squeezes his mount's testicles roughly, shouting, Ho! Off we pop! I'll nurse you in proper fashion! He horse-rides cock-horse, leaping in the saddle. The lady goes a-pace a-pace, and the coachman goes a-trot to trot and the gentleman goes a-gallop 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 a-gallop. Flory pulls at Bellow. Let me on him now. You had enough. I asked before you. Zoe pulling at Flory. Me! Me! Are you not finished with him yet, Saccharess? Bloom, stifling. Kit! Well, I'm not. Wait! He holds in his breath. Curse it here! This bung's about to burst! He uncorks himself behind, then, contorting his features, farts loudly. Take that! He recorks himself. Yes, by Jingle, sixteen three quarters. Bloom, a sweat breaking out over him. Not man. He sniffs. Woman. Bellow stands up. No more blow hot and cold. What you longed for has come to pass. Henceforth you are unmanned in mine in earnest, a thing under the yoke. Now for your punishment, Frock. You will shed your male garments. You understand, Ruby Cohen, and don that shot silk luxuriously rustling over head and shoulders. And quickly, too. Silk. Mistress said. Shrinks. Oh, crinkly, scrapey, must I tip-touch it with my nails? As they are now, so will you be. Points to his whores. Wigged, singed, perfume sprayed, rice powdered, with smooth-shaven armpits. Tape measurements will be taken next to your skin. You will be laced with cruel force and device like corsets of soft dove coutille with whalebone busk to the diamond-trimmed pelvis, the absolute outside edge, while your figure, plumper than when at large, will be restrained in net-tight frocks, pretty two-ounce petticoats and fringes and things stamped, of course, with my house flag, creations of lovely lingerie for Alice and nice scent for Alice. Alice will feel the pull-pull. Martha and Mary will be a little chilly at first in such delicate thigh casing, but the frilly flimsiness of lace round your bare knees will remind you. Bloom, a charming soubrette with dauby cheeks, mustard hair, 
and large male hands and nose, leering mouth. I tried her things on only twice, a small prank in Hollis Street. When we were hard up, I washed them to save the laundry bill. My own shirts I turned, it was the purest thrift. Bellow jeers. Little jobs that made mother pleased, eh? And showed off coquettishly in your domino at the mirror behind closed-drawn blinds, your unskirted thighs, and head coats udders and various poses of surrender, eh? <laughs> I have to laugh. That second-hand black opera top shift. And short trunk-led naughties all split up the stitches at her last rape that Mrs. Miriam Dandrade sold you from the Shelburne Hotel, eh? Miriam. Black. Demi mundane. <laughs> it's Christ Almighty! It's too tickling. This you were a nice-looking Miriam when you clipped off your backgate hairs and lay swooning in the thing across the bed as Mrs. Dandrade, about to be violated by Lieutenant Smythe, Smythe Mr. Philip Augustus Blockwell, M.P., Signor Lachi Daremo, the robust tenor, blue-eyed Bert, the lift boy. Henry Fleury of Gordon Bennett fame, Sheridan the Quadroon Croesus, the varsity wet bob ate from Old Trinity, Ponto her splendid Newfoundland, and Bob's Dowager Duchess of Manor Hamilton. Ha 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 Christ, wouldn't it make a Siamese cat laugh? Bloom, her hands and features working. It was Gerald converted me to be a true corset lover when I was female impersonator in the high school play vice versa it was dear gerald he got that kink fascinated by sister stays now dearest gerald uses pinky grease paint and gilds his eyelids cult of the beautiful bellow with wicked glee beautiful give us a breather when you took your seat with womanish care lifting your billowy flounces on the smooth worn throne science to compare the various joys we each enjoy earnestly and really it's better the position because often i used to wet no insubordination the sawdust is there in the corner for you i gave you strict instructions didn't i do it standing sir i'll teach you to behave like a gentleman if i catch a trace of your swaddles ha by the ass of the dorns you'll find i'm a martinet the sins of your past are rising against you, many hundreds. The sins of the past, in a medley of voices. He went through a form of clandestine marriage with at least one woman in the shadow of the black church. Unspeakable messages he telephoned mentally to Miss Dunn at an address in Dolier Street, while he presented himself indecently to the instrument in the call box. By word and deed, he frankly encouraged a nocturnal strumpet to deposit fecal and other matter in an unsanitary outhouse attached to empty premises. In five public conveniences, he wrote penciled messages offering his nuptial partner to all strong-membered males. And by the offensively smelling vitriol works, did he not pass night after night? by loving courting couples to see if and what and how much he could see? Did he not lie in bed, the gross bore, gloating over a nauseous fragment of well-used toilet paper presented to him by a nasty harlot, stimulated by gingerbread and a postal order? 
Was that the most revolting piece of obscenity in all your career of crime? Go the whole hog. Puke it out. Be candid for once. Mute, inhuman faces throng forward, leering, vanishing, gibbering. Boo-loo-hoom. Poldy Cock, bootlaces a penny, Cassidy's hag, blind stripling, Larry Rhinoceros, the girl, the woman, the whore, the other, the... Don't ask me. Our mutual faith. Pleasant Street. I only thought the half of the... I, I swear on my sacred oath. Answer, repugnant wretch. I insist on knowing. Tell me something to amuse me. Smut or a bloody good ghost story, or a line of poetry. Quick, quick, quick. Where? How? What time? With how many? I give you just three seconds. One, two, three. Bloom, docile, gurgles. I re-re-repugnosed and re-re-repugnant. Oh, get out, you skunk. Hold your tongue. Speak when you're spoken to. Master. Bows. Mistress. Man-tamer. He lifts his arms. His bangle bracelets fill. Bellow. Satirically. By day you assouse and bat our smelling underclothes also when we ladies are unwell, and swab out our latrines with dress pinned up and a dishclout tied to your tail. Won't that be nice? He places a ruby ring on her finger. And there now, with this ring I thee own. Say thank you, mistress. Thank you, mistress. You will make the beds, get my tub ready, empty the piss pots in the different rooms, including old Miss Keogh's, the cook's, a sandy one. I and rinse the seven of them well, minder, lap it up like champagne. Drink me piping hot. Hop! You will dance attendance, or I'll lecture you on your misdeeds, Miss Ruby, and spank your bare bot right well, miss, with a hairbrush. You'll be taught the error of your ways. At night... Your well-creamed, braceleted hands will wear forty-three button gloves now powdered with talc, and having delicately scented fingertips. For such favors, knights of old laid down their lives. <laughs> My boys will be no end charmed to see you so ladylike, the colonel above all, when they come here the night before the wedding to fondle my new attraction in gilded heels. First, I'll have a go at you myself. A man I know on the turf named Charles Alberta Marsh. I was in bed with him just now, and another gentleman out of the Hanover and Pettybag office is on the lookout for a maid of all work and a short knock. Swell the bust. Smile. Droop shoulders. What offers? He points. For that lot, trained by owner to fetch and carry, basket in mouth. He bears his arm and plunges it, elbow deep in bloom's vulva there's fine depth for you what boys that give you a hard on he shoves his arm in a bidder's face here wet the deck and wipe it round a bidder a florin dylan's lackey rings his handbell brang a voice one and eightpence too much charles alberta marsh must be virgin good breath clean bellow gives a rap with his gavel. Two bar, rock bottom figure and cheap at the price. Fourteen hands high. Touch and examine his points. Handle him. This downy skin, these soft muscles, these tender flesh. And if I had only my gold piercer here, and quite easy to milk. Three new laid gallons a day. A pure stock gutter. 
due delay within the hour. His sire's milk record was a thousand gallons of whole milk in forty weeks. Whoa, my jewel, beg up, whoa! He brands his initial C on Bloom's croup. So, warranted Cohen, what advance on two bobs, gentlemen? A dark-visaged man, in disguised accent. Hundred pounds sterling. Voices, subdued. For the Caliph, Harun al Rashid. Bellow, gaily. Right, let them all come. This scanty, daringly short skirt, riding up at the knee to show a peep of white pantalette, is a potent weapon, and transparent stockings, emerald gartered, with the long straight seam trailing up beyond the knee, appeal to the better instincts of the blase man about town. Learn the smooth, mincing walk on four-inch Louis Kahn's heels, the Grecian bend with provoking croup, the thighs fluescent, knees modestly kissing. Bring all your powers of fascination to bear on them. Pander to their Gamoran vices. Bloom bends his blushing face into his armpit and simpers with forefinger in mouth. Oh, I know what you're hinting at now. What else are you good for, an impotent thing like you? He stoops, and, peering, pokes with his fan rudely under the fat suet folds of Bloom's haunches. Up, up, Manx cat, what have we here? Where's your curly teapot gone to, or who docked it on you, cocky Ollie? Sing, birdie, sing. It's as limp as a boy of sixes doing his pooly behind a cart. Buy a bucket or sell your pump. Can you do a man's job? Eccles Street. Bellow, sarcastically. I wouldn't hurt your feelings for the world, but there's a man of brawn in possession there. The tables are turned, my gay young fellow. He is something like a full-grown outdoor man. Well for you, you muff, if you had that weapon with knobs and lumps and warts all over it. He shot his bolt, I can tell you. Foot to foot, knee to knee, belly to belly, bubs to breasts. He's no eunuch. A shock of red hair he has sticking out of him behind him like a furza bush. Wait for nine months, my lad. Holy ginger, it's kicking and coughing up and down in her guts already. That makes you wild, don't it? Touches the spot. He spits in contempt. Spittoon! I was indecently treated. I inform the police. Hundred pounds, unmentionable, I... Would if you could, lame duck, a downpour we want, not your drizzle. To drive me mad. Maul, I forgot. Forgive. Maul, we, uh, still... No, Leopold Bloom, all is changed by woman's will since you slept horizontal in Sleepy Hollow, your night of twenty years. Return and see. Old Sleepy Hollow calls over the wold. Rip! Van Wink! Rip Van Winkle! Bloom, in tattered moccasins with a rusty fowling piece, tiptoeing, finger tipping, his haggard, bony, bearded face peering through the diamond panes, cries out, I see her! It's she! The first night at Matt Dillon's! But that dress! The green! And her hair is dyed gold, and he... Ho, 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 that's your daughter, you owl, with a Mullinger student. Millie Bloom, fair-haired, green-vested, slim-sandaled, her blue scarf in the sea wind simply swirling, breaks from the arms of her lover and calls, 
her young eyes wonder wide my it's papli but oh papli how old you've grown change day or what not a writing table where we never wrote and haggerty's armchair our classic reprints of old masters a man and his men friends are living there in clover the cuckoo's rest why not how many women had you eh following them up dark streets flat foot exciting them by your smothered grunts what you male prostitute blameless dames with parcels of groceries turn about sauce for the goose by gandero they i bellow cuttingly their heel marks will stamp the bristlet carpet you bought at wren's auction in their horseplay with maul the romp to find the buck flea in their breeches they will deface your little statue you carried home in the rain for art for art's sake they will violate the secrets of your bottom drawer pages will be torn from your handbook of astronomy to make them pipe spills and they will spit in your ten shilling brass fender from hampton leadums ten and six the act of low scoundrels let me go i will return i will prove a voice swear bloom clenches his fists and crawls forward a bowie knife between his teeth as a paying guest or a kept man too late you have made your second best bed and others must lie in it your epitaph is written you are down and out and don't you forget it old bean justice all ireland versus one has nobody he bites his thumb die and be damned to you if you have any sense of decency or grace about you i can give you a rare old wine that'll send you skipping to hell and back sign a will and leave us any coin you have if you have none see you danwell get it steal it rob it we'll bury you in our shrubbery jakes where you'll be dead and dirty with old chuck corn my stepnephew i married the bloody old gouty procurator and sodomite with a crick in his neck and my mother ten or eleven husbands whatever the buggers names were suffocated in the one cesspool he explodes in a loud phlegmy laugh <laughs> we'll manure you mr flower he pipes scoffingly bye bye poldy bye bye poply bloom clasps his head my will power memory i have sinned i have suff he weeps tearlessly bellow sneers cry baby crocodile tears bloom broken closely veiled for the sacrifice sobs his face to the earth the passing bell is heard dark shawled figures of the circumcised in sackcloth and ashes stand by the wailing wall m shlomowitz joseph goldwater moses herzog harris rosenberg m moisel j kitron minnie watchman p mastiansky the reverend leopold abramovich chazen with swaying arms they wail in numa over the recreant bloom the circumcised in dark guttural chant as they cast dead sea-fruit upon him no flowers Shemara israel adonai elohenu adonai echad voices sighing <sighs> so he's gone ah yes yes indeed bloom never heard of him no queer kind of chap 
There's the widow. That's so? Ah, yes. From the sooty pyre the flame of gum camphire ascends. The pall of incense smoke screens and disperses. Out of her oak frame a nymph with hair unbound, lightly clad in tea-brown art colours, descends from her grotto, and passing under interlacing yews, stands over bloom, the yews, their leaves whispering. Sister, our sister, shh. The nymph, softly. Mortal. Kindly. Nay, dost not weepest? Bloom crawls jellily forward under the boughs streaked by sunlight with dignity this position i felt it was expected of me force of habit the nymph mortal you found me in evil company high kickers coasters picnic makers pugilists popular generals immoral panto boys in flesh tights and nifty shimmy dances la aurora and carini musical act the hit of the century i was hidden in cheap pink paper that smelt of rock oil i was surrounded by the stale smut of clubmen stories to disturb callow youth ads for transparency trued up dice and bust pads proprietary articles and why wear a toss with testimonial from ruptured gentlemen useful hints to the married bloom lifts a turtle head towards her lap we have met before on another star the nymph sadly robber goods never rip brand as applied to the aristocracy corsets for men i care fits or money refounded unsolicited testimonials for professor waldman's wonderful chest exuber my bust development four inches in three weeks reports mrs gus rublin with photo you mean photo bits i do you bore me away, framed me in oak and tinsel, set me above your marriage couch. Unseen one summer eve, you kissed me in four places, and with loving pencil you shaded my eyes, my bosom, and my shame. Bloom humbly kisses her long hair. Your classic curves, beautiful, immortal. I was glad to look on you, to praise you, a thing of beauty, almost to pray. During dark nights I heard your praise, Yes, yes. You mean that I... Sleep reveals the worst side of everyone. Children perhaps accepted. I know I fell out of bed, or rather was pushed. Steel wine is said to cure snoring. For the rest, there is that English invention, pamphlet of which I received some days ago, incorrectly addressed. It claims to afford a noiseless, inoffensive vent. He sighs. Ah, <sighs> twas ever thus. Frailty, thy name is marriage. The nymph, her fingers in her ears. Any words, they are not in my dictionary. You understood them? The use. Shh. The nymph covers her face with her hands. What have I not seen in that chamber? What must my eyes look down on? I know. Apologetically. Soiled personal linen, wrong side up with care. The quoits are loose. From Gibraltar by long sea long ago. The nymph bends her head. Worse, worse. Bloom reflects precautiously. That antiquated commode, it wasn't her weight. She scaled just eleven stone nine. She put on nine pounds after weaning. 
It was a crack and want of glue, eh? And that absurd orange-keyed utensil, which has only one handle. The sound of a waterfall is heard in bright cascade. <laughs> the ewes mingling their boughs. Listen, whisper, she's right, our sister. We grew up a Fuka waterfall. We give shade on Langris summer days. John Wise Nolan, in the background, in Irish National Forester's uniform, doffs his plumed hat. Prosper, give shade on Langris days, trees of Ireland. The ewes, murmuring. Who came to Paralifuca with the high school excursion? Who left his nut-questing classmates to seek our shade? Bloom, scared. High school of Pula? Nemno? Not in full possession of faculties. Concussion. Run over by tram. The echo. Sam. 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 Bloom. Pigeon-breasted, bottle-shouldered, padded, in nondescript, juvenile, grey and black-striped suit, too small for him. White tennis shoes, bordered stockings with turnover tops, and a red school cap with badge. I was in my teens, a growing boy. A little then sufficed, a jolting car, the mingling odors of the ladies' cloakroom and lavatory, the throng penned tight on the old royal stairs, for they love crushes, instinct of the herd, and the dark sex-smelling theater unbridles vice, even a price list of their hosiery. And then the heat. There were sunspots that summer, end of school and tipsy cake, halcyon days. Halcyon days. High school boys in blue and white football jerseys and shorts. Master Donald Turnbull. Master Abraham Chatterton. Master Owen Goldberg. Master Jack Meredith. Master Percy Apjohn. Stand in a clearing of the trees and shout to Master Leopold Bloom. The Halcyon Days. Mackerel. Loose again. Hooray! They cheer. Hooray! Bloom. Hobbledehoy, warm-gloved, mamma muffled, starred with spent snowballs, struggles to rise. Again, I feel sixteen. What a lark! Let ring all the bells in Montague Street. He cheers feebly. Hurrah for the high school! The echo. Foo! The ewes, rustling. She is right, our sister. Whisper. Whispered kisses are heard in all the wood. Faces of hamadryads peep out from the bowls and among the leaves, and break blossoming into bloom. Who profaned our silent shade? The nymph, coyly, through parting fingers. There, in the open air? The ewes, sweeping downward. Sister, yes, and on our virgin sward? The waterfall. <laughs> the nymph, with wide fingers. Oh! Infamy. Bloom. I was precocious. Youth, the fauna. I sacrificed to the god of the forest. The flowers that bloom in the spring. It was pairing time. Capillary attraction is a natural phenomenon. Lottie Clark, flaxen-haired. I saw at her night toilette through ill-closed curtains with poor papa's opera glasses. The wanton ate grass wildly. She rolled downhill at Rialto Bridge to tempt me with her flow of animal spirits. She climbed their crooked tree, and I... A saint couldn't resist it. 
the demon possessed me. Besides, who saw? Staggering Bob, a white-polled calf, thrusts a ruminating head with humid nostrils through the foliage. Large teardrops rolling from his prominent eyes, snivels. Me, me see. Simply satisfying a need, I. With pathos. No girl would when I went girling. Too ugly. They wouldn't play. High on Ben Houth, through rhododendrons, a nanny goat passes, plump uddered, butty tailed, dropping currants. The nanny goat bleats. Nanny. Bloom, hatless, flushed, covered with burrs of thistle down and gorse spine. Regularly engaged. Circumstances alter cases. He gazes intently downwards on the water. Thirty-two head over heels per second. Press nightmare. Giddy Elijah. Fall from cliff. Sad end of government printer's clerk. Through silver silent summer air the dummy of bloom rolled in a mummy rolls rotatingly from the lion's head cliff into the purple waiting waters. The dummy mummy. Far out in the bay, between Bailey and Kish lights, the Erin's king sails, sending a broadening plume of coal smoke from her funnel towards the land. Councillor Nanetti, alone on deck, in dark alpaca, yellow kite-faced, his hand in his waistcoat opening, declaims, When my country takes her place among the nations of the earth, then, and not till then, let my epitaph be written. I have done the nymph loftily. We immortals, as you saw today, have not such place and no hair there either. We are stone cold and pure. We eat electric light. She arches her body in lascivious crispation, placing her forefinger in her mouth. Spoke to me, heard from behind. How then could you bloom, pouring the heather abjectly? Oh, I have been a perfect pig. Enemas, too, I have administered. One-third of a pint of quassia to which add a tablespoonful of rock salt. Up the fundament, ha, with Hamilton Long syringe, the lady's friend. In my presence, the powder puff. She blushes and makes a knee. And the rest. Bloom, dejected. Yes, Pekavi, I have paid homage to that living altar where the back changes name. With sudden fervor. For why should the dainty-scented jeweled hand, the hand that rules— Figures wind serpenting in slow woodland pattern around the tree-stems, cooeying. The voice of Kitty in the thicket. Show us one of them cushion. The voice of Flory. Here. A grouse wings clumsily through the underwood. The voice of Lynch in the thicket. Phew! Pipe in heart. The voice of Zoe from the thicket. Came from a hot place. The voice of Virag, a bird chief, blue-streaked and feathered in war panoply with his assegai, striding through a crackling cane-break over beech-mast and acorns. Hot! Hot! Where's Sitting Bull? Bloom. It overpowers me, the warm impress of her warm form, even to sit where a woman has sat, especially with divaricated thighs as though to grant the last favours. 
most especially with previously well-uplifted white sateen coat pans. So womanly, full, it fills me full. The Waterfall The Use Shh! Sister, speak! The Nymph Eyeless, in nun's white habit, coif, and huge-winged wimple, softly with remote eyes. Tranquilla convent, Sister Agatha, Mount Carmel, the apparitions of knock and lordus, no more desire. She reclines her head, sighing. <sighs> Only the ethereal, where dreamy, creamy, gull waves o'er the water stall. Bloom half rises. His back trouser button snaps. The button. Beep. Two sluts of the coom dance rainily by, shawled, yelling flatly. Oh, Leopold lost the pin in his drawers. He didn't know what to do to keep it up, to keep it up. Bloom, coldly. You have broken the spell, the last straw. If there were only ethereal, where would you all be? Postulants and novices. Shy but willing like an ass pissing. The ewes, their silver foil of leaves precipitating, their skinny arms aging and swaying. Deciduously. The nymph, her features hardening, gropes in the folds of her habit. Sacrilege to attempt my virtue. A large, moist stain appears on her robe. Sully my innocence. You are not fit to touch the garment of a pure woman. She clutches again in her robe. Wait! Satan, you'll sing no more love songs. Amen, 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 amen! She draws a poignard, and, clad in the sheath-mail of an elected knight of nine, strikes at his loins. Nikam! Bloom starts up, seizes her hand. Hoy! Nimbercata! Cat of nine lives! Fair play, madam! No pruning-knife! The fox and the grapes, is it? What do you lack with your barbed wire? Crucifix not thick enough? He clutches her veil. A holy abbot you want, or Brophy, the lame gardener, or the spoutless statue of the water-carrier, or good mother Alphonsus, eh, Reynard? The nymph, with a cry, flees from him, unveiled, her plaster cast cracking, a cloud of stench escaping from the cracks. Polly! Bloom calls after her. As if you didn't get it on the double yourselves. No jerks and multiple mucosities all over you. I tried it. Your strength, our weakness. What's our stud fee? What will you pay on the nail? You fee mendancers on the Riviera, I read. The fleeing nymph raises a keen. Eh? I have sixteen years of black slave labor behind me. And would a jury give me five shillings alimony tomorrow, eh? Fool someone else, not me. He sniffs. Rut. Onions. Stale. Sulfur. Grease. End of section 43.